Well, hello, hello, folks. Good to see you again. Welcome back to Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm Ryan Ruff, your host and moderator, but I'm joined, as I always am, by Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office. And we're going to be unpacking another wealth management topic, as we like to do here on the show. And in piggybacking off of our last episode, you know, Mark and I dived into these, these five different concerns, and they're key, that the affluent families, individuals, business owners are all facing in today's day and age. But what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be zooming in on one area of someone's financial world specifically and identifying some of the mistakes and how to avoid them that live within this world. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about retirement. It's that thing we all long for. We're so excited to reach it. And once we're there, man, we just want to put everything on the back burner. We just want to go ahead and enjoy that time that has been so sought after for so long. And and boy, uh, boy, is it exciting to be there. But there are some key mistakes that you want to be on the lookout for as you approach and are in retirement. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mark in to set the scene. Mark, good to see you today. How you doing? Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, today, we're, you know, we're going to be examining some of these these big mistakes that retirees tend to make. Uh, you know, Mark, I know, you and I have talked about retirement and different avenues of it throughout, you know, both on air and of course, off air, uh, you know, as we've we've recorded a lot on this show. Uh, but I know, Mark, you've mentioned to me that you believe that those those folks in retirement might not be paying enough attention to the financial risks that they face after they they initiate their retirement. So could you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, sure. And and you're right. Some of these things that I'd like to chat with you about today are, are really obvious and they're simple. And and they may be kind of kind of redundant for what some people are thinking. However, I can tell you in the real world, you knowing something is true and doing something about it is often two different things, right? So, uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, that that is true. But like you said, most of us spend a great deal of our time, and 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 we think about this all the time, right? We spend a lot of mental energy over decades, sometimes, you know, trying to make sure that we get our financial house in order, uh, so that we can spend our remaining years doing what we want when we want, the way we want to do it. And and in the process of doing that, we don't always put enough focus. We don't always concentrate and make some thoughtful decisions during our retirements, you know, about our assets and about how we how we plan for things. Sometimes we overlook something important. Perhaps it, you know, we veer off course from that which the strategy which we thought we would execute in a certain manner. You know, and as a result, much of the hard work or planning that we did during our pre-retirement years, okay, can unravel once once we're in retirement, once we're in our quote unquote golden years, right? Which in turn, if you think about it, you know, could put a put could put our retirement dreams, our retirement aspirations, and even our fundamental financial security in danger. So, you know, thinking about something, knowing that the problem is there, and doing something and executing on it are always two different things. Of course they are, and and it it pains us to say it, but it always tends to be the case, right? Uh, well, hey, look, given all of that, Mark, why don't you why don't you take us through some of these big mistakes that you're seeing folks uh, making that are really derailing their retirement plans, uh, or ones let's just say that you see. Let's start maybe with the most common. What 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 do you see on this end, and and obviously we'll work through more as we go. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it it makes sense 
to ask it that way. And so, again, I'm going to start by saying some of these seem so obvious. Some of them, some of them are just like, well, we do that. Okay, but here's the first one. Overspending, spending too much money, right? A lot of high earners, you know, they live well, sometimes extravagantly during their working years, right? And sometimes they don't have the discipline to kind of temper that spending in retirement. They still live the way they did when they when they had a good and substantial income, earned income during a retirement, you know. <clears throat> and so consequently, uh, that earned income's not there and they're living on other forms of income, whether it's Social Security, whether it's a pension, their retirement savings, 401ks, IRAs, et cetera, or just the income from their investments. And too often, even the affluent people that do have significant wealth, they're going to find themselves overspending to the point where, you know, it's causing them some fair amount of financial discomfort. Uh, and so a few common culprits are things such as, you know, high earners can spend a lot, like, during their working years and they think there's no problem there, but you know, they, they haven't created a budget or they don't watch their cash flow or the way that, uh, or the way they should be controlling their income statement, right? Income and expenses. So the result, once their incomes go away or, or, or are reduced because they're not working anymore, they don't have the clarity about the money they need to, for the long term. they don't have a plan to, to, control their income and their expenses when they're not earning that income. That's what they need. They need a budget. You know, another main driver is, is they get caught living it up during retirement, which is everyone's goal. They want to enjoy a fantastic retirement. But in the initial years, you know, that newfound freedom can become a little bit intoxicating if you think about it. So how do you avoid, how do you avoid falling into that trap, the overspending trap? You have to evaluate your income needs, you know, and do so accurately in retirement and modify your plans so that you can thoughtfully throughout your your golden years spend appropriately and in a prudent manner. In particular, they have to pay attention to cash flow, like I mentioned, you know, and how your cash flows fluctuate. You know, this analysis, it's got to be a foundational part of your overall wealth management plan. And you know we can project these things before people retire, but if they don't pay attention to the plans that are created prior to retirement, they're really going to find themselves, uh, you know, at odds with their own spending habits. So you know, regularly checking in with your advisors along the way to see where you're at. Hey, remember in our last conversation we talked about it's an ongoing conversation. Of course, of course it is. So so overspending. Obviously, it's a big one. It's a common one. That's why it's a big one. Uh, Mark, let's shift into the next big in retirement mistake that you see. I know this next one is often probably a, a little overlooked in many instances, but talk to me about this one here. So the overlooked one is is another maybe uncomfortable area. Uh, it's avoid having those money talks with your family, right? You know, too often and for, for a wide variety of reasons. Everyone has reasons that are often legitimate. You know, the heads of affluent families don't discuss anything to do with finances with their heirs. And as a result, infighting occurs down the road, you know, when assets are supposed to be transferred, okay, or don't transfer as a result may be, 
right, to the children or other relatives. And, and in the worst case scenario, family wealth can be destroyed and family relationships get torn apart. And the thing that the, the example that comes to mind to me are the Vanderbilts. You know, the Vanderbilt family, they were built on the premise of, okay, let's keep all this money together. But when the matriarch, when the, you know, the patriarchs and the matriarchs were gone, the Vanderbilts didn't do that. Unlike the Rockefellers, they kept all their money together. So one of the solutions that can be quite effective when, you know, when we work with family members is to help create a family mission statement. I mean, this is, this is really such an incredible document because it spells out for the family you know, what the family values are and how the family members are going to continue, you know, to manage their finances in support of those values. So, you know, this kind of clarity really helps the heirs and others, your advisors particularly, understand why family money is going to be allocated the way it is and passed on in the specific manners of which it's going to pass on. So understanding all of these value-based reasons, you know, behind what that estate plan was, it may not eliminate all the hurt feelings or all the, you know, the contentions that there are maybe in a family, but it does boost the odds of the family members accepting those decisions because it's been mandated. It's been written down. It's part of, you know, it's part of the family plan. Wealth managers in that regard, like myself, you know, we can be excellent resources because, you know, we can help the family create their mission statements uh, about money and about what the values and meanings are. So it, it, it's a real great, uh, it's really a great uh, service that we perform in that regard, a family mission statement. No, I, I love that. I mean, having that clarity for the whole family is is just so important, and and it's a big mistake, obviously, one that's overlooked. So, let's uh, let's transition to the next one. I kind of want to circle back a little bit on on something you had mentioned earlier, Mark, and that's the idea of income. Obviously, income plays a big role in your working life, of course, as well as in your retirement life. So, let's get into this this retirement income, which is which is such a big part of the pre-retirement planning. But what are the the mistakes that that we want to make sure people are sidestepping when it comes to the retirement income after they've already launched and they're into their retirement? It's such a it's such a critical issue because taxes, as we mentioned, right? Taxes, inflation, and market volatility are the three things right now at this moment that that everybody's concerned about. So the right strategy is going to depend on your in your goals. Okay, it's going to depend on other factors too. Uh, and and in that said, it's easy to to use an approach that is the wrong approach or a suboptimal approach, let's say, uh, in in different ways. And the worst mistake that we see people making in that regard, okay, is to have no plan for drawing down your nest egg. Instead, they just kind of wing it. But you know, a, a plan that's too simplistic or that doesn't exist, okay, it, it's not going to reflect your personal situation, uh, and it's going to be you know problematic. A withdrawal strategy has to take several factors into account, you know, health, life expectancy, the timing on which you're going to need income, and how the various different accounts are going to be taxed when and if you withdraw from them. At some point in time, we're not going to have a choice with regard to our retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, and so forth. You know, you have mandated, you have mandated requirement minimum distributions at various different times. So, you know, your current age is big consideration, you know, with regard to distributions from certain accounts that could push your taxable income significantly higher 
forcing you to pay more in taxes on your income than you need to and and on your social security benefits and and dividends from non-retirement accounts you know being able to control that so you know your best bet really is you have to look at all the various options and run all the various numbers on different uh, retirement withdrawal strategies for example don't assume that these rule of thumb everyone quotes the four percent approach uh, per year of withdrawals okay don't assume that's the automatically the right one for you just because it's easy to understand you have to run the numbers because everyone's situation is different it's application specific no one person's plan looks like another's and that goes for your retirement strategy your retirement income strategy you know so don't discount you know planning out of hand uh, because you know it seems so simple to just use this four percent rule it's not right for everybody and oftentimes it just doesn't work of course i mean mark you and i talk a lot on this show about custom tailored solutions for folks and this is this is one of those moments right here uh let's let's move into the next one what's the next big in retirement mistake uh, that folks should be avoiding that you see i love this one i kind of call it you know don't make investing your new part-time hobby because you have a lot of time on your hands in retirement. I know you can only play so much golf. You can only do so much fishing. I know, I, I know you sometimes people look for ways to fill up the time. Don't play with your invested assets because you're bored. Okay. You know, lots of times people are are, are faced with these decisions. And, and sometimes, you know, people think it's real interesting to play the markets, but it may not be the best in your best interest to do those kind of things. Now, this often occurs with self-made individuals, right? You know, former entrepreneurs, business owners who think that they can easily apply their business success skills to investing and they're going to achieve, you know, similar results without breaking a sweat. I can tell you that that overconfidence potentially leads to dramatic disasters uh, and investment errors, uh, you know, in, because you could end up investing too aggressively, chasing hot tips, uh, over-concentrating assets in a particular company or sector, what else? Uh, excessive trading, uh, you know, running into uh, uh, increasing your taxes on it, you know, inadvertently and, and other things. You know, the, the fact really is the skills you needed to build a great company are not always the very same skills that are required to grow and preserve your wealth in retirement. And I'm just talking about your investable assets, right? You know, you're going you're gonna to have a broad range of personal financial needs and goals later on in life. So uh, you really need the skills to be able to determine what is the appropriate way to invest these assets, what's the appropriate way to take income from them, and then to manage them for your heirs later on. Don't turn your wealth, and this is the bottom line, don't turn your wealth into your new hobby or a new game for yourself. Get, you know, continue to use the right team of experts around you who can help guide you if you want to do some investing, okay? Uh, and perhaps even, you know, perhaps even take things over for you entirely later on in life, depending on your, your level of investment knowledge, okay, the amount of time you want to spend doing that. So, you know, don't don't make investing your new hobby. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. But uh, but it's true, and and it's even easier these days with access to some of the mobile applications that folks can use to trade from their fingertips. I mean, uh, this is a it's a funny one, but it's a really important one to to mention. So glad you brought that up today, Mark. And Mark, look, uh, 
as time goes on, tech, there's there's innovations, there's time times change. Let's just call it that. Are there any emerging mistakes that you see? Maybe some of these financial issues or in retirement mistakes that folks can be making these days that maybe weren't as big of a deal 10, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to think this can't happen to you. All right. But I can tell you this happens to to some really intelligent people, some really savvy people. And and that is getting scammed. Okay. You know, we, we think of falling for a financial scam as something that happens to other people, but the reality of it is uh, it, it happens to everybody. There, there's a potential, you know, really dangerous attitude that you take about your wealth and your own ability to avoid getting taken by criminals. But criminals are criminals for a reason because they're really good at it and they make money being criminals. So, you know, financial decision-making requires skill. It's, it's just a fact. Okay. And, and those skills are, 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 we don't have as much time when we're retired or approaching retirement as we did when we're younger to recover from losses, whether they're from poor investments or these scammers out there. We don't have the same amount of time we had when we were younger. So, you know, the sheer number of baby boomers in the, that are in their 60s and beyond, you know, it just creates more potential opportunity for scammers, because they now have these huge audiences, the baby boomers, you know, 69, 69 million baby boomers, I, I think the number, I mean, it's just crazy. So they have a really large target. So indeed, even the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, okay, has called cognitive decline an epidemic. So we have to be careful of the fact that as we become cognitively less aware and less capable as we get older, that the reported instances of you know, people preying on 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 the baby boomers is going to increase more and more and more. We're going to hear more cases of the public being scammed, and oftentimes because we're not capable of recognizing it. Yeah, and it's awful. I mean, it's just a it's a terrible thing that exists in today's day and age. But it's but it's something that. Folks need to be aware of and be prepared for. So, Mark, do you have any tips, perhaps, on how somebody can kind of combat scammers and and not fall victim to that? Yeah, I mean, there are some things you can you can be aware of, and you know, look, this goes for us because I fall into that category, right? You know, th this goes for us as well as our children. You know, our children can have these conversations with their parents, and you know, so so here are some of the things that we've seen recently impersonating online businesses. I can't tell you how often criminals, they pretend to represent some major online retailer like an Amazon or somebody. And, uh, you know, if you are not aware that you're getting this unsolicited email or text message from what seems like a well-known business and they talk about unauthorized purchase on your account or other, you know, suspicious activities, you know, don't immediately click on those things and definitely don't enter any personal or financial information. Instead, call the company directly, call their, call their support phone number and find out whether or not they did try to contact you. Chances are they didn't. And then impersonating a state or some type of federal uh, agency, uh, you know, a lot of these fraudsters, they pretend to be from law enforcement or from tax collection agencies and they try and threaten you. Or, or they say, we're going to charge you with crimes or have your driver's license revoked if you don't call them back to address the problem. Here's the bottom line. Legit, you know, government agencies, 
they use the U.S. mail for those type of things, okay? And they don't just call you up and ask you for your passwords or other financial informations on the phone. They're not going to call you up and threaten you. They use official ways, oftentimes registered mail. So, you know, the best bet, if, if you get one of these phone calls or even an email or a text urging you to take some kind of immediate action, because that's what the thieves are counting on, that you're just going to go ahead and respond and do it. Don't do it. Right. Take a deep breath, read the content very carefully, and rather than respond directly, call or email the agency in question to determine whether or not that's a legit e-message uh, or email or message or text. Okay. And if you're at all insured, uh, unsure, okay, if you're all, you know, if you question whether or not uh, it is, you know, consult a trusted financial advisor or a family member. Get some help. Don't just respond. By all means, don't give them your password. Don't enter financial information. Mm -hmm. No, that's a big one. I appreciate you sharing that with us, Mark. And as as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head today, I think a, a nice summation of everything would, would be to mention, <laughs> yes, retirement is a nice time to relax, but not so much that we're not keeping an eye on our fi finances. We're not going into so-called autopilot when it comes to our wealth. There are risks. There are common mistakes that are being made by so many folks out there in today's day and age. And you could make one of those mistakes yourself by going into that quote unquote autopilot mode. So Mark, as we wrap up today's episode, any, any final thoughts for our audience or, or parting wisdom you want to leave them with? Yeah, sure, Ryan. Look, we we all know in today's day and age, the thing, the big three things that everybody worries about, whether retired or not, but definitely retirees, you know, is taxes, inflation, and market volatility, because they affect so many different things. But the fact is, there are a lot of ways that you can potentially jeopardize your financial health in retirement, other than those three things. Okay, and and you and the reality is, look, we all have less time now and fewer ways to recover from big financial mistakes. So that's why it's really important that you take steps, you know, that are really aimed at helping you to continue to make informed decisions about your wealth, even as you think about increasingly taking it easy, right? And, you know, relaxing, and that you look to enjoy the life that you've created, you know, to its fullest in retirement. The good news is that this is an area where guidance is readily available, there are fantastic trusted advisors out there. We like to think you think about Echelon in that regard. Uh, and, and there are experienced professionals that can help make your life significantly easier. The, the bottom line is inquire and get help. It's there available for you. Well, sure. Let's let's double click on that for a second, Mark. For folks out there that let's say either they are in retirement themselves and they 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 hear today's episode, they're interested in in opening up a conversation surrounding maybe one of these mistakes that either they are in the process of making or have made, or better yet, maybe they're not in retirement yet, but they recognize the need for some of the pre-retirement planning. What would be the best way they could reach out to you and your team to open up that conversation? Sure. In the digital world, Ryan, you could you could you could search online. For example, you can find us online at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E C H E L O N the word office.com. And I know you don't have to use the www anymore, but I'm old school. What can I tell you? Uh, another way that another way you could reach out to us is you can just call us, right? I love I love picking up the phone. You can reach us at 888-892. 9882. Or for those of you that are more inclined to 
reach out directly to me, Mark Wade, feel free to email me, mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E, at Echelon Office. Remember, it's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word office.com, mwade at echelonoffice.com. Fantastic. Well, Mark, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump on and dive into these six big in-retirement mistakes that folks are making, and uh, I'm looking forward to being back on the next one with you. Thanks so much, Ryan. Looking forward to the next episode. Likewise. And of course, hey, folks, as we always do, we want to end today's episode by thanking you all for spending some time with us here on the show today. If you took something away from today's conversation, maybe you learned a thing or two, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the platform that you did watch or listen to us on today so you you never miss out on a future conversation between Mark and myself where we dive into these different wealth management topics and so that you and yours can come out a little more enlightened on the other side, of course. But for Mark, I'm Ron. Ryan, we're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Optimizing Your Financial World. <laughs>